Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Welcome all, everyone joining us online and in person. I want to give you a moment uh, as we center ourselves during the Lenten season to give you a moment of silence and solitude to really slow down our heart, our mind, and our spirit so that God can speak to us. Let's exhale all the ruminating automatic thoughts that are weighing on us this week. And inhale the presence of God. Henry Nowen prays in his Lenten devotional this prayer. Yahweh, we examine. You examine me and know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You understand my thoughts from afar. You watch when I walk down. You know every detail of my conduct. God, examine me and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. Make sure that I am not on my way to ruin. Guide me on the road of eternity. All God's people pray. Amen. Well, welcome. We have a, a powerful announcement. Great news. Henry, our creative director, and Michelle gave birth to their son, Hudson. Well, we call him Nacho Nibre. Um, they actually gave birth at home without a doctor, which when, we, when people started getting texts, uh, families, uh, what? They thought some, some uh, moms were like, why would Henry joke like that? That's not even funny. But I mean, we never, we, we did not know Michelle is, man, she's a beast. I mean, she did this on her own um, at their house. They have a healthy baby. So let's give God a hand of praise. Um, we, we'll be doing a infant baptism dedication on Easter Sunday. And then we'll be doing another, because we have so many babies coming, uh, on, at Advent, the first week of Advent. So that's, that's great. And so let's keep them in prayer. Uh, Henry's recovering. He'll be back soon. Um, pray. <laughs> pray that um, they recover well. And Henry in particular, they said that having two kids is pretty hard. Little do they know. Pray for them. So today, uh, we're going to go to this passage. Let's put this uh, text up here. And before we do that, James Clear 
in his New York Times, number one New York Times bestselling book, Atomic Habits, posits that we are a byproduct of our habits. And this is what he says. Your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. Your net worth is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits. You get what you repeat. In other words, we don't rise to the levels. We don't rise to the level of our goals, but we fail to the levels of our systems. If that's true, then our mental health is a lagging measure of our coping habits. And our faith is a lagging measure of our spiritual habits. And that's a good segue, because Lent is all about spiritual habits, bad habits. Did you know that there are bad spiritual habits? Tell someone, you, you might have bad spiritual habits. Bad ones, bad ones. You're like, well, there's such a thing as bad spiritual habits? Absolutely. <laughs> Lent is all about breaking the power of default, which we focused on in the last couple of years. Systems, right? We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. It's all about breaking those systems and picking up what? Developing new habits. So it's nice if you want faith that can move mountains and a faith that can bless your family across generations from the present to multiple, to your grandkids and their kids after that, but a vision of it won't manifest it. You have to what? Nurture it in a suitable environment, a viable system. Environments is what makes visions happen and come into reality. They don't happen because we manifest it or even proclaim it. So the whole point of Lent is to what? Reset defaults so that we can create habits that will reward us to eternity. Because the whole point of Lent or even the whole point of spiritual habits is not the fact that we have a goal. How many people here are goal setters? Raise your hand if you're a goal setter. You like reaching your goals. Once you reach your goal, you're like, yes. You like winning in games. That's your goal. You see, the point of goals, it's not, the point has to win. The point is the journey itself. The point is the process. The point is that the reward is what you become in the journey. And as a result, everything about your life becomes rewarding and it flourishes. That's what we're talking about here, creating a vision so that we can nurture it in viable environments so that we can have faith that can move mountains and we can have faith that can bless multiple generations. I mean, let me put it this way. I hear people say to me all the time, I want to be a man and a woman of integrity. And they're like, yeah, of course. I want to be a man and woman of the heart of God. And then 
when anyone talks about real accountability, they run the other way. It's like, how can you want to be the word integer? Tell someone next to you, integer. Integer means what? Mathematicians or math majors. It means no fragments. If you want no fragments, how can you have no fragments, no cracks in your life without accountability? The whole point of being whole is to have you accountable. And there are reasons why we don't really want accountability, even though we say we want to be holy, we want to be a person of integrity, we want to be a person of faith, we want to flourish. We say all these things because we want to control the environment in which we do confession. We want to control how far we go, what degree. And that control itself, what, sabotages the journey itself. Because we don't want to hear negative criticism. We don't want actual accountability. And if there's no mechanism in our lives for, to, to cultivate real relationships, then how can we really talk to each other about the hard things? We can't. A lot of times in 25 years of doing this, you know what I see on people's foreheads most of the time? F off. They might not verbalize that. They might not say that. They go, no, I do not want you to enter my space because I want to occupy, I want to move in my own pace, my own time, and then 25 years goes by. You end up in a place of destructive, maladaptive behaviors and environments. And people say, where has the time gone? So it's not vision that makes you a man and women of faith. It's not vision that will get us there. It's what? Viable systems. It's the environments in which we create. That's why habits are atomic. The smallest, minute expressions, choices we make, deliberate choices we make. Sometimes reactive choices. They determine our destiny. Lent affords us an opportunity to not only take the defaults, the prosaic neuroses that are in, hardwired into our systems, but it gives us a moment to expose them and rip it out and create viable habits. So in other words, during the season of Lent, our goal is moving from not just fastening defaults, because you don't want them back, to creating environments where God's vision for our lives can thrive. So, to wrap up, if our faith is a lagging measure of our spiritual habits, then how do we break bad habits and develop good ones? That's the question I want to answer today. So let's go to the text and read. So check this out. As you know, Jesus started this passage, Mark 4, which is the first gospel recorded. Every other gospel basically copies to a portion of Mark's gospel, which is Paul, uh, not Paul, Peter preaching. And this story is about faith being a mustard seed right in the very beginning. That faith starts what? Incrementally. That faith starts small, and then it grows to become a tree. It flourishes. 
It not only helps itself in its environment, but it helps everyone else. It blesses across what? Ecosystems, generations, and its surrounding. It becomes a blessing. So Jesus then uses another story tied to what faith is and what faith is not. And check it out. Kevin, by the way, thank you for this beautiful cup. Now I don't have to look silly drinking out of a straw. (laughs) My name on it. Thank you. (laughs) Props, my brother. Props. Okay. So verse 38. Jesus was inside the boat sleeping with his head on a pillow. The followers went and awoke him. They said, teacher, don't you care about us? We are going to drown. Jesus stood up and gave a command to the wind and water. He said, quiet, be still. Then the wind stopped and the lake became calm. He said to his followers, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? First, if you want to develop good spiritual habits, you have to know what a bad spiritual habit is like. Jesus here draws a picture of what not having faith is. The disciples in this passage go to Jesus and they say to him, teacher, they correspond with Jesus. You know you can talk to God without faith? How many people here know that? That you can talk to God without faith. Satan does that. They're not, faith is about a measure of turning your heart toward him with trust. There is no trust at all in this text. It's a final assertion about the state of being. And what they say is, teacher, you don't care about us, is actually not a question. Remember when your spouse asks you a question, it's not a question? It's an assertion? You know? Um, This is what the disciples are doing. They're not asking a question. It's an assertion about what is to come. We are going to drown. The question masks the reality of the inner life, which is what? Fear, panic, and in many ways, venting. You know, science says that venting does not at all alleviate stress even though we do it all the time. How do people here vent all the time? Raise your hand if you vent. You especially vent. To, if you have friendships where people just talk negativity, like why, why, why? And then it, it, it's profanity-laced venting constantly. It, it doesn't resolve anything. Science already has studied this in depth. Venting, cursing does not make you feel better. So why do we continue to do it? It's immaturity. Tell someone next to you, it's immaturity. Tell someone, you're immature. Tell someone, you're immature. You're grow up. You're still immature. Why? Because when you're a kid and you're in junior high or elementary school, I hear hear Josh do this. When his brother curses, F, F, Josh goes, did you just say F? Why? Because there's power in profanity. Because it describes a state of being. And so when you're a kid, Cursing feels cool, you know? 
feels powerful. It feels like you're stating something and you're, you're, you're tapping into a reality that exists. And, but what, what you're not learning is, and sometimes profanity can't, I mean, you know, and I have no problem with profanity. Our church could use a less profanity. But what I am saying is it does not resolve or help you move in the right direction. But people do it. You never grow out of it. Because what? The coping mechanism, the maladaptive coping, is that that's what you know. You think at the moment that it brings it will bring change or relief, but it does not really do anything else. So I came, I get acronym for venting. I told you bad habits. These, this, is, this is the word vent, and a lot of people have this habit, and this is what I want us to break together during Lent and for the rest of our lives. Vitriol, right? Vitriolic. It, that's, what does that mean? It means to, without reservation, just let it go. It's number one reaction is reactive. It's a reaction, and maybe sometimes a natural reaction, but it's reactive. You're just letting rage or anger, and you're focusing it and channeling it, and you just have no restraint. And that's what the disciples did here. We're going to die. And it's a form of escaping. It doesn't actually embrace reality. The question why... Let me just tell you this. I don't know why people do what they do. I don't know why things happen. I don't. And you know what? Sometimes you're not going to know until you go to heaven and see Jesus. And you're like, Jesus, why? You're like, and then he's going to be like, in a thousand years, I'll tell you. It doesn't really matter right now. I'm like, oh, great. We're not going to know why. So it's a form of escaping and not tuning into reality, not tuning into present moment. And it focuses on negativity. You're angry, you're upset, and the worse. Tantrums. Stop it. How old are you? Stop throwing tantrums. You're like, I can't help it. So these habits, when storms come into our lives, and the Bible tells us in James that trials are sent to refine us. Tell someone next to you to refine us. Trials are sent. The temperature of the temptation, the very environment in which you are embedded in, in your life, that temperature, is, it's controlled by God. Situation for revelation. Because without the temperature, your true self, the self that you hide and deceive others with, don't really come out. Situation for revelation. I remember a young medical student who said the same thing when a storm came upon his life. Not to name any names, but I am Hottie 88. Is uh, yes, yeah, uh, about 13 years ago. This is uh, when Eddie and um, Andrew Lee almost killed me in Puerto Rico. And this story will be forever told. Anyway, but 
yeah, he didn't do so well in his step one score, medical school. And he had a powerful conversion coming to Jesus, had this big vision for God. But when he got the step one score, and he was studying really hard. It's not his fault he's not that smart. I'm kidding. No. He's, I mean, come on, he's a trauma surgeon. All right? He's smart sometimes. And, and, um, but when he came and said to me, in a really stern, and of course, you know, when you're upset, the question is, so you think I'm going to be in New York? There's no, he goes, there's no way. There's no way in any scenario I can imagine myself after this test being in New York. Is this God's plan? And I was like, I felt the fear. And I was like, well, God has a plan. He spoke to us. Come on, we did the open door. I mean, this is, and we had to stop for a second. Because what? It's reactive. It's a habit. Venting. Unbelief. It's the natural way we act all the time in our lives. That's a habit. That has to be zeroed in. And then 14 years later, I saw this punk become this. And then I, and I told him when he, got, he became a surgeon and he got that spot at Downstate Surgery Program, and after a fellowship, he gave a talk as a chief resident with tears about his faith about how, and he even shared that story. And me and Haley were there, and we're like, Haley was like, I was like, Haley, he's pretty hot right now, right? She goes, oh yeah. <laughs> and then she bought a downstate t-shirt for the first time. It was a sweatshirt, actually. But he, he was talking about his faith, how, how, he had, how he lost faith when he got a score, how he couldn't believe how God could use him, and how all the plans in his heart, in his mind, it just it seemed to collapse and then he realized that God had a plan all along and that this was to bring that out. And he was in tears about his faith in Christ. And people in the auditorium also, many of them were in tears, talking about faith. So what is my point? My point is it doesn't just happen. We don't pick up good habits because we envision it. One day we wake up, you know what? I'm going to be a man and woman of God. And, you know, I'm going to praise the Lord. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put some Bieber on. You know, God, you've given me purpose. No, it happens incrementally. It happens like a mustard seed. Isn't that, isn't that good news? The good news is, no matter how small your faith is today, or how poor your habit is, how reactive, just like the disciples were. We can transition. We can transition and learn good habits. Because it's a journey, right? The goal is not to become just a man and woman of God. The goal is to become that. The goal is the reward itself. So today... How do you pick up 
good habits and how do you break bad ones? First, know what a bad spiritual habit is. Let's learn the first lesson. Bad spiritual habits, read it with me, only seek what? And are always what? Reactive. So when you vent, it temporarily brings relief, but it does not bring change. It doesn't bring change. It makes you feel better for the moment, but it does not add value. And it's always reactive. Meaning it's not deliberate, it's not a choice you're making, it's just not, there's no thought into it, it's not thoughtful. It's just rage and bitterness coming out. And that's what a bad habit looks like. All right, so let's look at next what a good spiritual habit looks like. So if that was what a bad spiritual habit is, then what's a good spiritual habit? Well, he said to his followers, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So that's a picture of not having faith. And then the parable before was about a mustard seed starting small. But then in verse 41, they were very afraid and asked each other, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and water obey him. So you see, the disciples themselves are redefining their own faith of who Jesus is. A lot of times people think faith by definition is belief, but belief in what? What's happening? Their vision of God is growing, their vision of Jesus is growing, so what? Their faith is growing. It's not that you, your faith grows because you feel it. How many people are all about feelings? Oh, yeah, I feel it. I feel faith today. I feel so much. That means nothing. You might not feel it tomorrow. It's your vision of God that grows, and that's how faith expands. So if venting has an acronym, I created, an, um, I didn't create it, but this is an old acronym for how we develop good spiritual habits. Let's go there. It's the ACTS prayer model. Adoration. Confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, right? Adoration is praise for God who, for who He is. This is why we gather on Sunday gathering so we could praise Him. Is that a value in our lives? If we're not praising God for who He is and what He has done, then what, what are we doing? We're usually in a spirit of despair and depression and anxiety. What about confession as a habit? Confess your sins and ask to be forgiven. And that's, again, the context of relationships. Thanksgiving. Thank God for everything He has done, is doing, and will do in your life. That's faith. Faith language. Supplication. Present your request to God. All our anxieties, the promise of Philippians 4. That we, when we supplicate, when we give our anxieties to God, deliberately, not reactively, God will take it, and even though the circumstances might not change right away, our perspective will, because we'll rise above the storm and see what God is doing. Then we'll see the situations for revelation. A good model of this, and this is why we sang this, I was really hit by this song this week, and my son Nathan was like, Dad, why do you have that on repeat? 
That's like from 2015, bro. Put it up. I thought it'd be pretty authentic that Justin Bieber will write a worship song on his album Purpose. But it's it's actually beautiful liturgy when he says, I put my heart, I like that. Tell someone next to you, I put my heart. Put, put your hand on your heart. My heart. I put my heart into your hands. Here's my soul to keep. I let you in with all that I can. Woo. Again, I put my heart into your hands. Here's my soul to keep. I let you in with all that I can. You're not hard to reach. That's a good habit. That's what Acts looks like. And you blessed me with the best gift I ever known. You, you give me purpose. When the storms and trials in our lives come, The problem is we put our heart into other things. Sometimes bitterness, our own anger, sometimes our own resentment. But a good spiritual habit is giving it into God's hands. It's putting our heart into God's hands. And giving him so he can keep our soul and we're doing it with all our might our strength. If you do that every day for 365 days, you'll be a different person. You would become that person you're dreaming about, man and women of faith. That's the power of atomic habits. So second lesson we learned. Good spiritual habits always seek change and are always deliberate. You have to choose to put your heart into God's hands. You have to choose to pray. The habit we're trying to during Lent is called faith. Faith is practice. You know, sometimes Catholic people say, I'm a non-practicing Catholic. Because for Catholics, they understand what liturgy is. They go to Mass. They take sacraments. For Protestants and non-denominational folk, they're like, I'm a Christian. Because they don't have a context of practice. Because there's no liturgy. And so, without creating liturgy, without creating habits of sacraments, then what? What happens? Our faith is a lagging measure of our spiritual habits. So therefore, if there are no habits of turning to God, confession, adoration, thanksgiving, then we become more secular than faith-filled, don't we? The faith will just become a feeling and not really something concrete. So the question I have for you is, 
the, the powerful truth that you can start right now where you are, small, even nothing, could build a foundation that can bless across generations. Amen? Let's stand and pray together. Every week, I tell people, uh, invite people to lift their hands. Some people ask me, during many times I speak everywhere, well, why do you do that? Because some people could go, well, you know, my expression of faith is private. I could do whatever I want. And that's true. But the lifting hands thing is literally, I'm trying to teach you a habit. A habit of surrender. Because surrender is the Christian life. I remember one Easter, I saw the richest person ever at 10180, was not a Christian, lift his hands during Easter. And I was like, oh, that guy's uh, God's doing something there. You have to learn your own habits. But today, as we sing this song, think about this deliberately. Because, because listen, no one can force accountability on you. No one can tell you to develop real relationships. And no one can make you develop habits. And you might not even care. You say, well, you know, I'm struggling with God right now. But the point is, in the end, the hopeful message of this text Jesus gives us. You can start right here, right now. And you could allow the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Spirit to come and bring freedom. So let's sing this as our prayer. I put my hand into your hands. Let's make this our prayer today. my heart into your hands.
into your hands. You're my substitute. So if our mental health is a lagging measure of our coping habits, and we said that venting does not bring growth or health into our lives. And if our faith is a lagging measure of our spiritual habits, we can kill two birds with one stone today. powerful statement of this song is that the idea of prayer is you're not hard to reach. God is just a prayer away. A blink away. One second of faith. One second of faith. How fast does it take to blink? Probably 30, less than a second, millisecond. That's faith. When you face situations that bring high anxiety, practice that. Let's put our heart into God's hands with all that we can. And you know what? At first, it'll feel weird. But let me just tell you, after you do it for a while, it becomes customary and it becomes weird to other people. Because I'm in the car, sometimes I lift my hands and Nathan's like, Dad, what are you doing? You're driving. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to put it back. So sometimes that's not a good idea. You don't want to do it when you drive. Or sometimes I'm, in the I'm on my computer writing something and Josh is across from me. He goes, Dad, why are you lifting your hands? He has no idea what I'm doing, but I'm praying. But it becomes a habit. If I could tell you, out of all the habits I've developed in my life, the most rewarding habit is surrendering my heart to God. And watch, when Josh and my kids grow up, they're going to do the same things. Because they watch me do it. Sometimes it's caught more than taught the value. So Holy Spirit, this afternoon we want to pray. Wherever we might be in our faith, whatever storms might be raging in our lives, we thank you that we're not so far from the vision you have of us. The best you see in us You've given us right here, right now, every resource we need to become the best you see in us. So Father, Father us. Teach us. 
speak to us and mold us so we can learn to rely on you and turn our hearts into your hands in high anxiety, in moments of fear. Will you bow your heads for the benediction today? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. Go in peace. Good afternoon and happy Sunday, everybody. For those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Stu Still. I'm a member here at 180 Church. We are a community joining God to restore the beauty in all things, and it's so good to see you here for our Sunday service. Before we get started, we have some announcements and some community news for everybody. We're going to start off with tithes and offering. And for all of our members here, we just want to remind and encourage you to continue to keep God at the center of everything, including your finances. You can give through any of the electronic means that should be appearing up. There they are. Uh, through Venmo, Zelle, Chase Quick Pay, or through PayPal. And for all of our visitors here, all of our guests that are just investigating faith, there's no financial obligation to be here. You guys are our guests here, and we're so happy to have you here. But if you do feel like God is leading you to make an offering, you're more than welcome to do so through any of the means above. Our next announcement is about our Bible reading group, which is a great resource on Instagram at 180BRG. And this is a great place where you can just read just a little bit of the Bible each day. We post up just a verse from the Bible. And it's a great way in the midst of our social media where everybody is often bragging about the great things in their lives, where we can actually refocus on who God is and who he wants to be in our lives. Whether you start your day with it, with it, whether you go through the midst of the day or whether you quiet yourself at the night, it's a great reminder of who God is in our lives. So again, you can check it out at 180BRG on Instagram. And speaking of all of social media, we are all over the place on social media. You can check us out on Facebook at 180Church. You can check out Dr. Sammy's Twitter page at Dr. Sammy Kim. We have our YouTube page at 180ChurchNYC, where many people are watching us on our live streams, which are always live every Sunday. And we have a number of Instagram pages. I mentioned 180 Bible Reading Group at 180BRG, but we also have our church Instagram at 180Church and the College Fellowship at 180Fellowship. And these are a great way where we can connect during the week and stay in contact with each other and continue to hear what's going on in the church. Our next announcement is another great way where we can connect with one another through small groups. And small groups are places where we can come together in a little bit smaller pocket of community to just talk about the message, to see where God is leading us, to really do life together. Whether it's been a great week, whether it's been a rough week, whether we have no clue what in the heck just happened because the week just flew by that fast. Small groups are where we can just take a moment and just take a break from it and see who God is and who he wants to be in our life. And it's a great resource whether you've been in Christ for a while or whether you're still investigating faith and you want to ask questions from the people who have been on that journey for a while, this is where you can do that. We have small groups that meet throughout the week. Some of them are in person. Some of them are online. If you're interested in joining one, you can speak to me or any one of the greeters in the 180 uh, sweatshirts and we will get you plugged in. Our next announcement is about some of the resources that we have. We have a number of devotionals that are for sale at the 180 Cafe right outside of the theater. And these are great resources for taking just a little bit of your day and just once a day reading through a devotional, 
that gives you a little bit of better view of what God's heart is that can really speak to you in your life and it's amazing how these devotionals are are written and they're they're given to everybody and they're out there and sometimes they just hit you on the right day in the right way that really makes you remember that God is speaking to you even through this uh, the prices are there listed amongst all of them and we also have Dr. Sammy's book A Holy Haunting at the uh, 180 Cafe as well you can pick these up uh, today and it's all on an honor system so whenever you get the chance through Venmo or Chase Quick Pay you can uh, make a payment there but you can pick them up today and start reading them today and speaking of things that you can pick up at the cafe you can also pick up some 180 merch we have a number of different hoodies and sweatshirts t-shirts long sleeve shirts they're really nice and even though the weather is getting good out there t-shirt is perfectly good to uh to rock out and uh, show your 180 pride so uh you can check that out at the uh 180 cafe and again this is also on the honor system so you can pick up your shirt today and pay for it at your leisure our next announcement is about the ways that we can come together to pray. Uh, we have our House of Prayer, which meets right here at about 1140, right here in the theater. And this is a great way where before Sunday service, we can just calm down, just decompress from the week and all the things that happen and just really ready ourselves to hear from Christ during the service and during Pastor Sammy's sermon. So you can join us here again. It's 1140 right here in the theater. And we also have our, our prayer hotline or our prayer email at prayer at 180church.tv. And this is a great resource for those times when you're going through something in your life or whether you have a friend or a family member, a coworker that's going through things in their life so that we're not praying for these things alone. We're not just praying for them on our own, but we have a community that prays with us. There is the prayer team that keeps these things in confidence, but they lift them up with you so that you're not alone. And uh, again, it's prayer at 180church.tv. And when God moves in your life, you can send a praise request as well. A uh, new announcement today, uh, something that you can check out. We are opening up 180 Church Studios, which you can find on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube. And we're releasing this right now because it's, a, uh, it's an album of instrumental worship songs. That's a great thing for when you're journaling or praying, just something that you can listen to as you're processing, as you're trying to hear from God, something to kind of set the mood. And it's a wonderful thing that we're announcing now. And uh, we invite you guys to check it out. Again, it's 180 Church Studios, and you can check it out on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And this is a great thing for as we are fasting and feasting in Lent. Lent has begun. We are in the second Sunday of Lent, and we just want to remind and encourage everyone to continue to fast and to feast. What do I mean by that? Well, during Lent, we fast something. We give up something. We deny ourselves something, just as Christ denied himself in the desert. And instead of this thing that we deny ourselves, that usually is something that we use to fill our day, to get through the day, we instead take that time and we feast on Christ in some way, shape, or form. For me, when I'm at work, when I'm having my lunch, I always go to YouTube. I always end up just zoning out on YouTube for about an hour or so. So my fast this year is to just fast that hour of YouTube when I would be just numbing myself from the craziness of the day and instead spending that time connecting with God, hearing his voice. And it is so much better than some of the nonsense that's out there on YouTube. So we invite you guys to think about what you can fast, the nonsense that you can fast, and really feast on the best things in Christ during Lent. And we also want to let you guys know that we have a couple of upcoming services from Lent. We are going to have our Good Friday service on April 7th at 7 p.m. And it's going to be down at NYU in the uh, Kimmel Building, room 905. And we're also going to have our Easter Sunday service on April 9th. Details for that will be coming. So just, again, 
continue to fast, continue to feast, and look forward to the services that we'll be having and invite your friends out to share and enjoy them with us. Our last announcement is just about all the different ways that we can serve here at 180 Church. We're always looking for uh, baristas and people to volunteer at the 180 Cafe. If coffee making and tea making isn't quite your thing, we are also looking for volunteers to help with the children's ministry because, good Lord, there are more and more children coming every single day and we <laughs> need some help to keep them all corralled and to not only that, but help them start their journey in Christ. We're also looking for web developers and techies that can help us with our online presence and help us get the gospel out that way. And of course, last but not least, we're always looking for new greeters, that friendly face, the first person someone sees when they come in that says, welcome to 180 Church. We're so happy to have you here because so many people are here because of those greeters. So we're inviting anyone, if you are not serving, if you're interested in serving, these are some great ways you can speak to me or any of the greeters.